Welcome to the Mission Manhood Podcast, where mature masculinity is celebrated and encouraged. My name is Angela Abide, and I will be your host. Every week or so, I sit down with a man who is in the men's movement, helping men grow and thrive in their masculinity, someone who is exhibiting characteristics of mature masculinity, or someone who has a perspective that might be beneficial for those who are seeking to grow and develop in that area. As a woman, I have a unique perspective as a mother and a therapist, and I hope to contribute to the conversation in those ways. Thank you so much for joining, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, I'm glad you're here. In this episode, my guest is Jessica Garner, and she is the first female guest on the Mission Manhood podcast, and I was really happy to talk to her. If you've been following along in episode 38, 39, and 40, I talked about porn, and today is no different. But the good news is Jessica's specialty is helping people move away from the performative based sex and into good, healthy, nourishing sex. And like me, the reason I started this series and started to become curious is because I'm just broken hearted about the amount of people who are so starved in this Um, area. And Jessica had a similar motivation and started teaching classes and has a TikTok channel where she helps people understand the basics um, of good sex education, basically. Just so you know, this is a very explicit episode. We don't censor anything or hold anything back. So you might want to watch, listen um, in adult company only. Hi, Jess. Hi, Angela. Thank you for being with me today on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm going to tell everybody how I met you. You popped up on my, what is it, a For You page? And I just really loved your message. But uh, for the audience, it's about, how would you say it? Tell people kind of what you do on your TikTok page. On my TikTok page, I basically give the advice dating and sex advice as I would give to my best guy friends. I do have a lot of women followers as well. And I think for women, it's almost, they're like, yeah, they support it. And I think for men, it's like, oh my God, like they haven't heard it before. That's basically what it has turned into. Part of my scrolling on TikTok is just trying to see what people are talking about and what's important. And that was one thing that was really fascinating about your account is in the comments, so many sites are divisive and it's like the men against the women and you're going in the comments section and everybody's duking it out. When I went in your comments, the women were saying, thank you so much for saying this. And most of the men were saying, please tell me more. I want to do it right. I want to get better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I do also, and this is intentional, I do filter my comments. Like I delete any comments that are rude, that don't support the conversation. Because the way that I look at it is these people, all of us, have been given this misinformation. I have carved out this corner of the internet for people who do want to learn. It's absolutely manufactured, but it's to give 
people that space. I have received some of the most beautiful messages from men. And that has just, Mm -hmm. and with women too, basically saying, thank you so much. Like I thought I was broken and men that are just, they don't, they don't know what to do. My heart goes out to them. They have a lot of stress on them. So I'm very protective of my comment section. I think that's one reason that I feel comfortable enough to bring you on this podcast and say, hey, if you're having some issues in that area, check it out because I love your whole vibe. You're very respectful. And it would be almost as if you would talk to, like you said, a friend that you've known forever. And like you said, you keep really good boundaries. And so when someone tries to insult you or one of your followers, you're, you're pretty quick to say, no, that's not, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Here. And so it feels like a safe place for people. And for those that don't know how TikTok works, it's really just like a three minute little video, but the learning or the conversation continues in the comment section. So it's not just the video, but then people immediately go to the comment section and they're giving each other little tips. And if somebody has a question, sometimes your followers will answer the question because they've heard a video, you know, before. So I think that's really cool how it's developed into a little community. It is. And honestly, TikTok, I think is one of the most incredible tools. Everyone, it gives everyone, you get a window into people's lives. You know, there's pros and uh, cons to everything. But I think the pros of TikTok absolutely outweigh the cons. It's a fun, I think absolutely TikTok is changing the world. Because even look at this, yeah. it, it connects. It's so good at connecting like-minded people. That's, I think, why why you came up. I knew that I felt a little heartbroken. I felt like sex between real people in our society, it's, it's bad. And the reason I knew how bad it was was because of TikTok. You have some guys on there giving sex tips and the women in the comments section, it's, it's heartbreaking. And then you have, uh, there's another lady that pops up every now and then, and she's telling guys, you deserve more. You shouldn't be in a sexless marriage or whatever. And of course, the guys in her comment section are eating it up because she's this beautiful woman and she's always got an inspirational song. But those types of accounts showed me how badly people are hurting because they're so open about their situation. When I found yours, you're giving really good advice and people are actually growing in your comment section. I thought, wow, this is a hopeful message that I feel like people could benefit from. Thank you. Because so I actually started on spiritual content, basically telling people how to connect spiritually. And it was just, I was holding back from talking about sex. So anyway, it was just by chance. And I posted, I was at my sister's place. And I, I think I was seeing all these, the sex videos come up. And the advice was so bad. It was so bad. And I was just like, Oh, my I just got to the point where I was like, I have to say something. (laughs) Um, So I just made I think it was like a 40 second video. And then I, I it went crazy viral. And it was so nice reading the comments about when women just saying, Oh my God, I thought I was broken. You know, women have not really talked about masturbation and how they masturbate the type of masturbation that men think and that is presented in porn is 
not it's not accurate and women don't talk about it so they don't know that they're masturbating the same way so it was with that video i just knew this is going to do good in the world and i don't want to be talking about my sex life on the internet but i really do feel like i owe this to the world because like this is my gift to give to the world for however long i do it because it is it's heartbreaking that is how we connect It is the most beautiful part about being an adult. It's free. It's spiritual. Like it, it, it just is the best thing I think about being alive. And it, it it breaks my heart that people are not getting it enough. And when they're getting it, it's not good. And the fact that they're doing it wrong, as in they are poking. Yeah, it just, I was like, I have to say something. How did this start? Because I felt like our grandmas and their granny gowns with their unshaved legs were getting a lot more good sex than women today who are so liberated and free and it's so accessible to everybody. What what happened? I think, and again, this is just my theory. I I think what basically happened was in the whenever porn started, because porn basically started in America, where it was the norm for men to be circumcised. So Hollywood, everything it all started in, you know, LA, porn was first like mass produced there. So the men that were in the porn films were circumcised. So circumcision, because it takes away, it reduces, it basically is like if you cut your eyelid off, and you couldn't close your eyes yeah. to keep it moist, it desensitizes it. So then because of that, like it, they have to engage in what's called more high friction sex, which is the in out, in out, like poke, poke, poke. But when you actually look at, like think of a any animal and any animal, like the number one priority is reproduction. You chase around your mate and when you finally get your mate, you would hook into them and then you would hump from there to completion with the foreskin the the reason why the foreskin is there it, one of the reasons is that it moves it basically strokes the penis while it's inside so that you you can stay hooked like you can hold on to your mate so when you take the foreskin away you no longer have that so then you have to create the friction yourself so that's where we get that in out in out in out the thing is though the woman's sex organ, everyone thinks and everyone was told was the vagina, the birth canal. I, I like to simplify everything so people can't get confused. So basically, I like to say you have your mouth, with it, which is your food hole. You have your butt, which is your poop hole. And you have the tube, the tube, which is the baby hole. When you're thinking like, what is the sex organ then? We all start in the womb as female. Our sex organ is, it starts out as the clitoris, which I just call like a PP. You either have an innie or an outie. Guys have outies, women have innies. And then the whole point of sex is not to poke, 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 poke. It's actually to hook once and then you like hump from there. And what it does is the penis actually acts as a lever to stroke the internal penis on the woman. Yeah. And so the sad thing is because of porn, you get this weird idea of how it should be. And I think I heard you say that because, you know, they want it to look good for the camera. That's a better shot when we're poke, poke, poking. And I'll never forget the way 
because most women we start out as you know humping pillows or whatnot for the most part it is hump you're humping something and then you go on and you get a boyfriend and you're dry humping and you're like oh my god that feels so good because it's also constant rubbing and then I had sex for the first time at 19 I just remember I was so excited because I was like oh my god if dry humping's this good like sex is gonna be incredible and then I just remember the first time I, I I remember having the thought I was like that's it and it felt like it just felt like nothing. And then at 21, I remember I was at my boyfriend's, like my first boyfriend's house, and it was like two o'clock in the morning. And I just remember hearing a, it was like, like a clapping noise. And I was yeah. so confused. I was like, what, what is that? But, and I knew like the steadiness, I knew it had to be something. And he's like, oh yeah, like his brother had, was having sex with his girlfriend. And I was genuinely so confused why it would sound like clapping because all I had ever known was rubbing. So anyway, so with porn, long story short, I'm 35 now. I felt there has to be a reason, like something's amiss. My theory is with porn, that's what what happened. You have this mass circumcision. So you see the, those guys are in porn. So they need in, out, in, out, in, out sex. Then you have like the camera, they have to make it look better. It's more interesting watching in, out, in, out, in, out. It's also more interesting watching like if you remove the hair. The thing that made it worse is so everyone likes to say, oh, porn, everyone knows it's not real. We only recently came out of a purity era. So there's this huge gap where we swung from that to like, you're supposed to have it, but no one actually knows what it is. So literally the only thing they have access to is porn. So even if you're told that it's, it's not real, that's all you've seen. So how are you supposed to know? I wanted to go back just a second to the thing that you said about yeah. men and women are the same in the womb. When the conception takes place, the mother and the father contribute 23 chromosomes each. And what determines if you're a boy or a girl is the X and the Y chromosome. Because I believe it's the Y is actually just like a leg broken off of the X. But that's what makes it different. They're exactly the same and just just that one thing. Right. Okay. And so then if you're looking at the fetus develop, these little bulges start happening around six weeks. The sex organs in these fetuses look exactly the same until nine weeks And then the internal organs start developing differently a little bit. But if you look at a diagram, and I'm planning on posting one on my Instagram page, just so everybody can see it, it's really fascinating how as the baby develops, one zips up and kind of forms a penis and the other one kind of opens up and forms a canal for the the baby. And even at 11 weeks, that's when it starts to become visible or obvious. And that's when they do that sonogram to to get the gender. Mm -hmm. The one other thing I wanted to add to what you said is it wasn't until I was on your TikTok that I understood for the first time what you were saying. We're taught to believe that there's this G-spot inside of the birth canal. Mm -hmm. And you were the first person I've heard that said, no, that's that's not really true. And I wanted you to explain that to the audience because that was a real revelation to me. What mm-hmm. is it in there that's causing pleasure then? I boil it all down. I like to simplify it because then we can just see the main parts. Basically, we only have one sex organ. Sex and reproduction are two separate things, although we were all taught that it's sex and reproduction. 
sex can result in reproduction, but 99% of the time humans have sex because it feels good and for social reasons. The clitoris is the sex organ. The penis is a sex organ on the man. The G spot is just, it's just stimulating the clitoris through the vaginal wall. And the reason why mm-hmm. people are like, oh, it's two inches in is and like, oh, you can feel it when she's aroused. It's like, yeah, because the clitoris isn't any penis. And so it becomes engorged when the woman is turned on. So that is yeah. why. So, so a lot of people like to debate the whole men, you know, starting out as the whole gender thing, which just just let hold it in your mind for a second and just you know, just try this and then backtrack to it. But you have a lot of women, they like to say, I can have vaginal orgasms. And apparently this has been going back for a long time. But it no, every orgasm is just a clitoral orgasm, you're just stimulating it from a different angle. It's all clitoral orgasms. So it's so that's why yeah, the G spot does not exist. Yeah. So you're just accessing it from the rear or from the front. I think that is such an important thing for everybody to get on the same page about, right? Because how many Cosmo magazines or how many porn films are you watching or how many even, like you said, videos on TikTok that there's a man telling other men mm-hmm. how to do it, mm-hmm. right? So even people that are really looking for good information, they're still being kind of mm-hmm. led astray. Well, and even, and that's the thing too, which I like to say to men, I'm not shaming, like you're doing it all wrong, but I think it is important to have this tone of seriousness. But the whole point is, and why I think it's important to share is because it's actually a lot easier than people are making it out to be. Just think of it as an Audi and an innie and you just hook and you make a lever and then you basically stroke together to orgasm. One of the things, too, that breaks my heart is men basically think then that they need to be in a push-up position, all their weight in their arms. It's like they have to have their hips, like, hovering, and then they poke up, up, in, out, in, out from that, and that's insane. No one, how are you maintain an erection? That's not natural. That's not how, like, have you ever seen an animal do that? Because we all started as an orgasm. Sex is literally why we're here. It's the the most important thing, like while why we are here. This is what life revolves around. So it should be then the easiest thing for you to do when you have sex. It should not be any more effort than if you were like masturbating alone. I like to say to women, if you're like especially like this whole going on top thing, yeah. Well, you're not like bop up, like bop bop bopping. It's your you're grubbing, and it should not be any harder than when you're like humping a pillow. That's what's so sad to me is you have both people that are like, ah, this doesn't really feel that good, but I guess it's kind of the men and the women think there's something wrong with yes. them. If the man can't hold his weight up for long enough, or if he can't hold his erection long enough, or if she's not feeling anything, no wonder nobody wants to have sex anymore. And we keep telling people, oh, make that spiritual connection or make that feelings connection. But really, if we could offer people a good physical connection, I think everything else would build around that. If you look at sex, like you said, it would just should be effortless, almost like if you're going to have a good makeout session, you know, that kind of... That's not, that doesn't take a lot of effort. No. 
I like I make lessons and I sell lessons. And the first lesson that I made is there are three different types of sex that you will have in your life. And this is just like a quick overview and then we can go deeper into them. So it's basically you have long, medium and short sex. And I call them the long is, you know, you're going out for a five course meal. There's, you know, the appetizer. It's, you know, you take breaks in between it. You have dessert. Like it's a long drawn out in enjoyable thing. It's not like work. Then you have the weekday meal sex, which is like medium sex, routine sex. It's like those staple meals that you have during the week that are like comfort meals. They're good. You like them, but you know, we're all busy. You don't have time to like go out for a five course meal every day, like all the time. And that one also, which I think is very important. I believe that I don't personally I think everyone should have a wand, like Hitachi magic wand or its equivalent. I've heard apparently this doxy wand is more um, powerful. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to get one of those and try it out. But so when I say this weekday meal sex, people don't realize they're like, I don't want to have sex. Like I wouldn't want to have no one's doing it acoustic anymore. You need to have a toy. So with the (laughs) wait, wait, wait. Acoustic, you're saying just made by hand. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> That's hilarious. No one has time for that. Spend just a little bit of time here because when you say Hitachi wand, yeah. some people might not know what you mean by yeah. that. So the Hitachi magic wand was is just a very powerful massager that Betty Dodson, she was a prolific sexologist. She actually made it popular in the 70s when she would host these like body sex workshops. It, she taught women how to masturbate pretty much. The thing with the Hitachi magic wand, Tim Ferriss actually talks about it. It's um, this is unrelated sexually, but it's apparently it's the frequency of it, like the vibration is the perfect frequency that it just like relaxes muscles and it is the Mm -hmm. perfect like frequency or vibration. I don't know what you call it. Um, rotations per minute that I like to say, it's like, you can't, you cannot not orgasm with it. Even if you are not horny, you can just, it's like a magical thing. It just will, it arouses you. There's no way you cannot get, it's no, there's no way you cannot get turned on and have like an orgasm with it. So it's not specifically a sex toy. It is an actual like muscle vibrator that people use as a sex so toy. So it started as it started as a massager and then the women kind of took it over. So now it's known as gotcha. a sex toy. And I think Hitachi um, okay. moved away for like I think it's called a magic wand now because Hitachi <laughs> To be clear because I think that's really why we're here. Yeah. We've got this in the bedroom. We have a partner. What are you suggesting? Does the man use it in foreplay? Does the woman use it? What, what do you find is helpful? So, so with the weekday routine sex, and this is what I propose. So I just basically give scenarios of what it looks like. So what I Mm -hmm. propose it looks like is it's both people in bed. So again, you're in a comfortable stage of your relationship. It's the, you go in bed the woman just lays down. You're under the covers. The man is beside her, just turned over. And then he basically, so she takes the wand and she just puts it on her pelvis. She doesn't have to put it directly on like the clitoris. And then the guy, like her partner comes and he like starts rubbing himself. And he can, the thing is, is that the magic of the wand is that it's so powerful that both people can feel it through each other. 
Gotcha. So he can feel it through her. And so both of you are being turned on by the wand and then it just naturally goes from there. So it's quite lovely. I think like this is lovely, like middle of the day on the weekend sex. So you're both there. You both can be like, say you're in your t-shirt. You both can, it can be like a lazy Sunday, you know, and it's actually Mm -hmm. a break. It's a break where you go for 15 yeah. minutes. There is no, usually there's no kissing during it, which is fine. Kissing, I think you see more in quickies in the five course meal sex. This is like comfortable, easy, lazy, enjoyable. You're having an orgasm with your partner. It's it's bit a step up from masturbating and you're connecting. Yeah. The thing that I think that is so powerful about um, having a wand and doing this um, routine lazy sex is... So what's so nice is it takes the pressure off of everyone. Like it just takes the pressure off of both people. And what I find happens is because you will like you'll be glancing over at your partner like you stay connected, but you will like as the months, years, whatever goes on, you will actually be able to time your orgasm at the same time. And it's a beautiful, lovely thing. And so when you look at that where you just get a freaking magic, just get a magic wand. That's all yeah. you need. Get some lube and it's, you don't have to be like, you can be dirty because you're wearing your t-shirt and that's fine. And you're under the covers. So you're like safe and like, no one has to be on top. It is, it's wonderful. And it's a wonderful way to connect. It's easy. It's refreshing. And then you look at the opposite where most people go in relationships. They have this five course meal sex. They think it's always going to, has to be five course meal sex. So then when, you know, real life comes in, they feel guilty about it. So most of the time people end up going to this quickie sex, which is usually just one or the other gets off and, you know, and it can be hot too, but usually it's one or the other gets off and usually it's the man. So, and then there's like this unspoken, like anxiety of like, Oh, we're not having five course meals. Like, Oh, maybe we shouldn't. It's like, I don't want to have like the five. It's like, you start dreading it. So people have Mm -hmm. missed out. You said nobody has to be on top. So they're laying side by side. They're laying side by side. They're just, it's just mutual masturbation is what you're suggesting. So you basically, you both are laying side by side and then he turns towards you. And then the woman, she throws her, her leg that's closest to him. She throws over him and then he turns towards her. And because her leg is thrown open over him, he comes in between her that way. And then he takes his hand and he starts like he takes some lube and he starts like rubbing himself around it so he has his penis in his hand she's holding the magic wand the wand on her and then he can start inserting the penis into the vagina like you know thrusting as she's using the wand at the same time okay so what it starts out as is you're just rubbing and what you can go into it as is stop chasing orgasms most people are having genital sneezes people have to let go of the expectations of erections and orgasms so what you have to look at it is you're yeah. just enjoying it and on and that's the beauty of the hata- like the magic wand whatever wand you use okay. is that it, it, it like takes away that pressure of, oh, I'm not turned on. Oh my God, I have to perform. And I like, oh my God, it's, 
the type of sex that people are having, it's like if you're trying to just get through the day and then someone's like, hey, do you want to come put on like a Broadway show performance? Whereas this is like, hey, do you want to come to the spa for five minutes? And it's like, yeah, I do. Yeah. Completely changes it. It's just an invitation to connect that gives them both a beautiful release and then they feel connected to each other. And to me, that is what is wrong. We have turned it into such a performance where everybody has to look good. The lighting has to be right. The poor man's arms are dying. You know, there's so much pressure on both people. And if she's not hairless or if she hasn't shaved just right or... Maybe she didn't get a chance to shower. There might be some odors. There might be noises and fluids. And I think that's just not communicated properly in porn. So these young guys, that's all they've ever seen. They don't know what to do when it doesn't look like the thing they've always seen. Exactly. So I just love the way that you're putting it in a really casual way that this is a way that you can connect with a partner on an everyday basis. Sex is my special interest. I am a huge nerd. Like I researched years. I studied it for years. And this is basically what I found should be something that you should be able to connect this way. I did want to say though, I think the a huge part of this too is um, why you see porn, which has become, and I speak from experience, I have sampled it all, this whole abusive, like BDSM violence. You need to look at what we are doing well, it's a dopamine response they're chasing because they they are not able to connect. So they're supplementing it with this. They're chasing dopamine. Whereas now you see the porn is basically medical procedures. Like it's, it's like violent yes. medical procedures. It's not even good. Like it'd be one thing if it was actually good. It's not even good. Well, you've gone over to the dark side with, with a lot of that stuff. And so- Like you said, it should be an easy formula, easy way to connect. Instead, we've gone over to Hollywood production style sex Mm -hmm. that everybody's exhausted and it's so much easier to binge watch Netflix. Mm -hmm. So we just don't do Mm -hmm. it. Well, and this is the thing though, too, is I think it's you, we are at this place where there are the extremes where you have this violent like oh my god like why is puke and blood and poop involved in it and choking and gay like no what i think it is is so you have this the end of the extremes which is this you know dark stuff and then on the other end though you have residual purity culture stuff which is i just mean this in general when people talk about that spiritual connection whatnot i think the thing is is that everyone leaves out who are you What is that side of you when you are alone and horny? And that I think is the root of it is people are uncomfortable and people are ashamed and people do not know that that is the space that you should be bringing your horny side. Like, cause I think, so you were talking your internal family systems theory. Yeah, internal family systems therapy or whatnot. Um, I love um, that as 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 well. And so that's like a part of you is that horny self. Mm-hmm. 
And I do think that that's a huge piece that's missing that that is the person you want to bring to your partner. The whole point is that you cultivate, you get to know your horny side. And then the whole point is to be able to connect your horny part, you're able to bring it out and be that person around your partner, they can do the same. And then your little horny selves or horny things. Get, and it's very fun. Yeah. And I think people are missing that because yeah. then because people make it like, oh, you know, so sweet. But it's like, no, like good sex is like dirty animalistic. Yeah, all of it. It's all of it. I think that part makes people very uncomfortable. And if you do not, if yeah. you are not able to connect with your horny part of you. So people are like, ah, oh, I don't want to. I'll just do this like BDSM stuff or I'll just do this like spiritual stuff. But they're dodging their horny self. Your horny self, that is your energy center. So you are not connecting. That is a very important energy meridian so that if that people are not grounded with that, people try to dodge it because it is uncomfortable, but you have to get comfortable with your horny self. I, I love the point you kind of made, like you might not want to start out by inviting your partner to get in touch with their horny side. You might want to start out with a magic wand and get into the yes. habit. How many books have we read about creating new habits? You get into the habit yeah. and then it becomes fun and pleasurable and something you're both looking forward to. And then you can kind of start playing around yeah. with it. The thing that I love about it is the more that I am able to bring that out with another partner, you can see it in them where they click, where they're like, oh, like we're really doing this. And you can see it in yeah. them because you set the tone. You set the tone so you can see when they go from per performance to, I call it, it's kind of like emotional chicken. Like it's like, yeah, the magic is in life as with anything. Sometimes you are on the same page and it's the best thing ever. And you've said a couple of things from your personal experience in the name of helping. And so I wanted to tell you that I was raised in a very religious environment and then kind of up the ante and went sort of into that evangelical purity culture. You're told that sex is bad and evil. And then, hey, you got married. Oh, enjoy. It's going to be wonderful. But you spent 18 to 20 years internalizing that message. And I found that with people I've worked with and in my own personal relationship, it takes a lot to make that shift yes. from embracing your inner pervert, as you said, and trying to be the good girl. People think that even if you are very like in touch with your sex sexuality and your experience that you don't have, like you don't have any of the, sh all that stuff, but it's kind of like when you hear Barbara Streisand, any big performer, Lady Gaga saying they still before every show get nervous. It is the exact same yeah. thing. The whole thing is that you choose to move towards the fear of like, oh my God, the shame, or you can choose to turn towards like leaning into your inner pervert. And it is a bunch of little decisions that you mm -hmm. get to that place, but it, you'll always be like performing that stage. Yeah. Right, so to speak. it'll always be there. And that's, that's half the thrill of it though. Right? Like it's scary. Nobody wants to feel stage fright, but it's just a reminder. Like, so that's the thing. I think it's a misconception that people think people that are more experienced, it's the most vulnerable thing we can do with another person. Yeah. It's, it is hard. It's hard to do. One thing I wanted to say before I ask you these last two questions is there's a verse in the Bible that says everything that can be known has been made plain. 
And so when I'm wondering about something, I always look in nature. If it's been made plain, it's out there somewhere. And you know, you might have the most elegant cat in the world, but when that cat is in heat, she is out of control and every animal is the same way. And so it's been made plain. We have these hormones, we have these desires. And so I think in an ideal world, well, you get with someone you trust and you can let that go and you can let that free. And I know for me, religious and spiritual are two totally different things because like you were saying, part of that spirituality or what you call the chakra or that holy of holies is just that complete abandonment with someone you trust. Yeah. And I think that's the ideal way. And that comes with practice. It's not some magical thing that's going to just drop down. You have to practice you and get to, to know each other's it. bodies. Absolutely. It's like you have to practice. It's like practicing falling asleep. You know, you have to let, you know, when you're trying, you're falling asleep and then you catch yourself. It's like, you have to let yourself fall. It's, you have to, and it is like a, yeah, it's something you let yourself ease into. And, and also to know and give yourself permission and know that with some partners, trust how you are feeling because some partners you shouldn't. It's about matching that vulnerability. So some people you don't. For anyone who's they can't get the hump versus poke in their brain. You have a really cute video on TikTok of Russell Brand. At the start of one of his, one of his shows, he's just giving everybody a gift and showing the men, this is how you do it. And he's demonstrating the motion. And I just thought it was so cute. It's a fun way to get that concept. Yeah. And so, yeah, and Russell Brand has been trying, because he actually, there's a scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall that he does the same thing. He's been trying to tell us all for years. And basically it's it's the same as i actually i feel similarly um you look to nature the answers are in nature so think of a dog that's like humping another like think of an animal humping another animal it's they lock and then they that flicking and you'll see it you see it like and that's what russell shows is the flicking of the hip and it's from his stand-up special rebirth you and i said in our conversation earlier that A lot of women are empty, feel broken. They don't know what's wrong with them, that they can't enjoy sex or they're really great actresses. And the reason I'm saying that is because if you're moving into this new way of being and you're wanting to learn to be a good lover, it's going to hurt to understand that people Mm -hmm. have been faking it with you. That's going to be a blow to your pride, but it's so worth going through that and getting to the other side so that you can have these beautiful experiences. I think the thing that's so important with that is it's like if you are walking, crossing a street and you're, you trip on the sidewalk as you go, you just keep walking. Don't even think about it. Do not look back. Just look where you're going. Just start. Don't even think about it because it's it, like it will do you no good because that's the thing is everyone was faking it. Everyone was faking it. Everyone was. So just just carry on because if you carry on, you will be ahead of the pack. Like that's why I love to say to the guys, they're like, oh yeah, like I want to learn. I don't know how to do it or what I want to learn. And I just love to say like, and if they're confused, I love to say, you will get it. It will click. And when it does, you will be 95%. Like you will be ahead of 95% of the population because 95% of the population does not know this. And that is, if what it takes is a little bit humility and a little bit of like, oh, short-term pain, long-term gain, like just 
yeah. learn. Everyone was doing it wrong. And I, I just wanted to say, I do find that because it's like anything with a pendulum. I, I think what happens a lot is people will go from not having sex and then they kind of go to that other, the other end of the spectrum where it's like their hoe phase where they are and they will perform and then like they'll be performing and then they will get to the point where they're, they basically realize what am I doing this for? And I think the balance comes from then when it swings back a bit, be kind to yourself on this journey, especially when you're starting out. I want you to say something really briefly from a woman's perspective about the erection thing and that anxiety. And sometimes it doesn't happen. What do you say to men that are nervous about that or that have that experience? Yeah, there's so much. And that's something that makes me very sad. So, well, I would say first off with, you know, there's the size anxiety. And I like to say like, how long do you need your light switch to be? You don't need it that long because you're creating a lever. You're not poking. Also with the erection, like it's about rubbing. So what I say to women is like, it doesn't matter. Like once women know, and women are all about rubbing, so they don't really care. But what I say to women is show him, like show him that you don't care. So for example, explore him while he is soft and he'll be like, Oh, don't. And then you reassure him. Like you basically tell him through showing, because I think there are some things that like, I've always been a curvy woman. And one of the pet peeves is especially like back in the day, because, you know, it was always like, you're supposed to be a hundred pounds. When you say, when guys will say like, Oh, it's okay. I like, you know, I like curvy women. And it's like, I didn't, say anything. So I think it's the same. Like, don't worry, I don't care if you have um, an erection. So I think it's, those are the things you show. So like for a woman, you grab her tummy, you know, you grab her tummy and you say like, like you show you like it. And I think it's the same. And I think this is established too in the five course meal sex, like long sex, because the basis of that is it's a long massage, which people are like, a massage? That's boring. No, that's actually what sex actually is, is we're massaging and exploring each other's bodies. So I talk about in it is, is how you massage it. And if they, nothing is centered around the erection, like at all. So for women, they show it that way with men. The thing is, is that if you bring it all back and they come from this place of this deep rooted sexual energy, they will naturally end up with women who are also, they also get that. This is why it's so important to connect with that side of you, because if you don't, that's when you are going to end up with those partners who will care about it, who will care about like poking and erections. So I really think if a man invests in himself, like that's the beauty of it is you don't have to chase lovers because when you know, you know, and you can feel it, like you can sense your sexual energy. Like when there's sexual energy, like everyone can feel it. People can feel it. And so that's the thing is when you cultivate that energy, be connected and drawn to partners who it won't matter. When you get there, it just naturally is not an issue. You know, you do start running into the hormone issues. And I had a guest recently who had a medical issue that caused him to not be able to have an erection. And you talk about starting to look at sexuality more as a ritual mm. and less as a performance mm. 
where the goal is pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in a relationship where you've been building this connection, Mm -hmm. I just think even on the times where it doesn't work out, it's no big deal because you guys are so connected. It just turns into a snuggle or a spoon or an embrace. Just for the flip side, for a woman who's had three kids and you're just so in your masculine energy trying to manage everything and you get to that point, you can't shut off your head with this kind of practice that would get easier. But for the men out there, don't get offended if she can't orgasm. That's not on you. And even if she says, hey, I just, I'm good for tonight, just let it be, turn it into a snuggle. It doesn't always have to be both people exploding every time. Well, and that's the thing is when you refocus on building just your sexual energy, and again, it's fun. It's your horny energy. Like that's real. That's like the most fun. So when you focus on that, it's not about shutting off your head. You kind of reframe it. It's about getting in the zone. All it is, is you you basically recognize when you're in the zone, your horniness, and then you just, it's like meditation. Get yes. better at getting in the zone. So you end up not having to worry about that with that routine sex over time because the stress is taken off. That's what it's about. You're getting in the zone together. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't happen, but will often result in mutual. I would be surprised besides like medical is a different thing, but a lot of ED, erection dysfunction, is that what we call it? Erectile Erectile dysfunction. I am a nurse. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Drew Blank. If you refocus it, a lot of that goes away on its own. I did hear when a woman doesn't orgasm, she doesn't release the oxytocin. Mm-hmm. And that's the hormone that makes her feel bonded to you. Yeah. And so with this practice, it's just going to get richer and fuller and you're going to feel bonded together. Oh, yeah. To be perfectly honest, so a lot of men need to realize the wand is your teammate. It's not a, so a lot of men get, and this is an antiquated viewpoint, is this, she's going to get desensitized and won't be able to enjoy. I hate to bring it to you, but we're using them anyway. I'm not going to put myself through that. Why are you putting yourself there? Like, do you want to be here for 45 minutes? Like, it's just a lot of work. So people, men need to embrace that. And I think once they embrace that, she is going to be the one that wants it. Like she will probably be asking you for it because she can relax. She can lay back. You can lay down. It becomes a treat. So a lot of that, when you re it's like, you know, as a therapist counselor, you know, when you change what you're focusing on, a lot of these issues that people are encountering, they just, they go away. People think, I think they think it's like, we have to work on it, like schedule. And it's like, no, you got to just make it easier and enjoyable. And I think people don't realize that it can be, it can be easy and it can be enjoyable. And a lot of these things do just go away. They're well, no longer. One way to look at it is if you and your partner decide to go learn a dance, the first couple of sessions are going to be awkward. You're going to step yeah. on each other's toes. But then when you get the steps down and you get into the rhythm, and it's so natural and easy, and you know the steps, and she's learned how to follow, and you've learned how to lead. And I feel like this is kind of the same thing. Just build it into your life, make it a practice, and then you get to be good at it. Yeah. And I do think, which is very important too, especially in like a 
especially in a long-term relationship, is initiation is often an issue. I have found just works best is if you have like green, yellow, red. So you basically talk about it because you should be talking about, I think you should be having talks like this outside of the bedroom, like with your partner. I don't think you should be talking about when you're in the game. And one of the things you talk about is like initiation. So you like initiating it. And I think like assist, this is a good system. So you basically understand both of you understand that if you are, you know, if you're horny or whatnot, and you want to have sex, you just go up to your partner and you just say like green. And then they will be like, you know, they'll say green if they want want to, if they're good to go. If they're like, eh, I could take it or leave it. They'll say yellow. And if they're like, don't even think about it right now, they'll say red. That's a bid for connection. Like that takes a huge vulnerability. Like unless you got something going on, you can take 15 minutes to go yeah. lay down and put a vibrator on your private parts. There, I think there are worse things you could do. <laughs> Thank you. You know? Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, if you're the person that you love needs you and has made this bid, yeah. then a lot of times you need to say yes. Yeah. And it's really lovely. Like, don't you want to do that? It's like, I was just like, you know, working on my filing. I don't want to go do a workout, spend all that mental energy. Yeah. Right. So the wand just changes, it changes it. So I think you have to be like Dan Savage. So he's a well-known sex advice columnist, um, but he calls it, you want to be a GGG partner, good giving and game. You probably are familiar with, um, what's the one? Oh, Gottman. Yeah, Yeah. the Gottman. Gottman. And that I think is the the foundation of a healthy relationship is when you go through your day with your partner, they like, we make bids for connection to each other and you can choose whether or not you turn, you know, turn towards, ignore, or like, you know, turn away from. And that is like the biggest, the biggest bid for connection. Like the most significant is when they ask you green. I I would just, I, I just encourage people. You can take 15 minutes unless you, you know, unless something else very serious is going on. Yeah. There are worse things in the world and it is, it's a lovely uh, break from the day. If you have time to masturbate alone, you have time to take 15 minutes to go be with your partner and have an orgasm, yeah. which I think a lot of people, though, choose the opposite. They're waiting for their partner to go. They're going to the, you know, in the, the shower doing it because it's they think it's easier. So I think that's really important mm-hmm. for people to know. Like, I think that's what's happening a lot is people are just performing and then masturbating. Yeah. Secret. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. You talked about the three types of sex and I can see how that might be a problem sometimes if someone said green to the 15 minute type and the expectation is the five course meal type. And so also making sure you're on the same page with what you're saying yes so to. Most as well. with that typically is with five course meal sex, it will be more, it's an evening. And so I always say like it usually, you'll do it at date like night seven. or. Yeah. And then a quickie might be if it's like a ye- yellow, you know, because quickie is usually like if one is horny and the other isn't. So you have your own yeah. understanding of it. I really love that couples can listen to this together and get on the same page. There are a lot of men out there who I feel like are really suffering with it's behavioral at first, it's habit. You're building habits to watch porn all the time instead of having these real connections. Yeah whether you're 16 or 50 or whatever, it's so much easier than making the effort, being rejected. You just get into the habit of taking care of yourself. So if you are talking to a man 
And he's really desiring to make that change. He's desiring to make great connections in his relationships, or he's desiring to approach women. How do you make that transition away from the habit of porn? First off, I think this is very important to know. The language of flirting, of dating that women speak with this, with sex is this. You want to kind of approach it like a friendly neighbor. So say you run into her, you're just like, oh, hi. It's all very like, very friendly, like a friendly neighbor, like, or a family friendly. The woman, if she is interested, she will show you by her proximity. So you do not have to go after these women. You don't have to think of pickup lines and what whatnot. What you basically do is you go about your life. Like, so for example, you go to a store and you chat, you start chatting with someone. All you do as a man, just keep talking to her like friendly. We're just friendly because the whole point of this is, is that there's no pressure on her and she can sniff you out. She can kind of sense whether or not she wants to go for further with you. And at the same time, you can sniff her out and you're not like committing to the fact that you're hitting on her. And then what will happen is, is if you just engage in conversation, she will naturally, if she likes you, it will somehow go to oh yeah, like drop by, like it'll be, but it'll be friendly. It'll just be friendly. You just keep completely friendly. She will give you an opening and you just, you, you meet it. That's the thing that a lot of men need to know is that is the dance. She has every out and you, if anything goes wrong, you can protect your ego because it's hard for anyone. Like my heart goes out to men. So that is how you basically pick up women and don't go looking for sex. What you have to do is just follow your interests. If you go looking for sex, if you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to join yoga to meet a woman to have sex, women can smell that (laughs) a, a mile away. You want to basically, if you like pottery, follow pottery and you will naturally, these things will just come up as you're building your sexual, the opportunities will just come up. Masturbation is like training and people don't realize that when you are turned on, you are at your most powerful. You are, your energy is at its highest. So what you want to do is you need to be very intentional with what you think, what you consume when you're in that state. So this is where I think, and this may seem a woo-woo to people, but it's the truth. I think you want to get away from porn because porn is super low vibrational, what, what you want to do is when you're in that state, and this is why I think even men should invest in a wand, what you do is, like, and this may sound insane, you're going to be horny and you're going to be like, oh, I'm just going to find porn. But it honestly takes longer and it's not, it's not that good. What you're going to do is, you know, go to your room, you just take time with yourself, you have the wand. I really think putting on music for yourself. So you put on the music and then you think of scenarios. So you think of scenarios and the scenarios you think again, have to be very intentional and it should be where you experience that sexual, like that cat in heat type energy in real life. And what you do is you think about the scenario and you think about, this is very important. You think about what you would do to them because then it becomes Mm -hmm. you are practicing 
what a lot of people do is they think, oh, this person is going to come and then they do this to me. And that's a lot what porn is. And the thing is, is that's why you have a lot of these people who are both, they're going into these sexual situations and the women, like they say, are just laying there and the men are, because both are waiting to have someone do something to them. But the whole point is that it's like you want to picture you are at a buffet alone Like, where are you going to start? Like, oh my God, you want to do that. This is the important part. So you think of that because the whole point is that you are practicing. From a psychological perspective, I can see the benefit of that. And I love that for, like, if you're in a relationship with someone and you're always sneaking off to take care of yourself and watch porn, we'll start with taking care of yourself in this way and switching it and imagining what you're going to do to her next time you're together because you made a point in one of your videos that said it's kind of like how athletes train yeah. and it's been proven that if they visualize, yeah. then they perform better. So, and so it's really just those same concepts. Closeness kills desire. So the one thing that when you get to that point with your partner where you are having that routine sex, it may seem superfluous. A lot of people are like, they treat masturbation like a genital sneeze. It's a continuation from their childhood where they had to do it. They had to be quiet and they had to do it fast. When you are alone and you're doing your masturbation practice, it's very important. The intention behind the people that that are in your scenarios that you are masturbating to. When you masturbate to someone, it has to be coming from like that animalistic sense where it's like both of you, it's like, oh, I'm going to devour your body. It should not come from that where it's like, I'm going to do this and like, like her, which I think that is just abuse with genitals, like naked abuse. As you go on, like you will find you have way better orgasms, way better masturbation sessions when you do it that way. And you're, you get incredible tips that you will come up with things. So a lot of dirty talk is really hard for people. Dirty talk is just like accents. Like it's just little accents of stuff. You will come up with your best material for dirty talk when you're masturbating alone. It's a dress rehearsal. You got practice. And I think that that's a very important part that people are missing out on. Porn is like a dissociation that's a numbing. Like you're trying not to feel something, so you numb it with porn or food or alcohol or whatever. But the words you used with this were intentional with your thoughts and it's a practice. It's an intentional practice so that you'll be better. And that's the thing too, why men should get a wand because again, it's not about doing, it's not labor. You're not doing it with your hand. You can like indulge in that space, indulge in those feelings because people are going into sex expecting the other to give them an orgasm, but that's not how it works. People do not make, like everyone thinks the other is going to make them orgasm, but that's the thing. They're not. It's you are making your or yourself orgasm, but on that person with that person every now and then very rarely Will your partner actually make you orgasm? But for the all of it, you are controlling it with your mind. Some people feel so powerless with porn. It's like they've given all their power away. Yeah. And this is also me reclaiming that, embodying it, and becoming the person that I've been fantasizing about. Mm-hmm. So it's more of an empowering mm-hmm. 
practice because you're taking back the power and honestly porn is so shit like genuinely i mean that and like i was so excited to turn 18 and i was like i'm gonna look at porn again i'm 35 and it it is it was bad when i started looking at porn but it is horrible now the only good porn that is actually left is super amateur from like pre-80s because you can see as we went through the years how the poking like literally it's a poking pandemic you can see how it spread to even countries that you can see it's in third world countries now where they are poking and it's not natural and the saddest thing for me is when you are watching porn if you're watching porn and like every now and then you'll relapse but it's just like you'll relapse and go to mcdonald's it's fine just carry on the saddest thing for me is when you are watching porn, even if it is like a, you know, big budget porn, they're poke, 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 poking. And then at the end, right when the man is arriving, you will see he stops the poking and he gets very close and it's very deep thrusts. And that's when you can tell his like performance brain shuts off and he goes to like, like he's orgasming, like he can't perform. And that is the little seed that I'm saying We need to get back to that. Do that the whole time. I have hope it's getting better, but I think we need to just cut through the noise and just get back to basic. I really appreciate your candor, your openness, your lack of self-consciousness, because it is so important to have someone who's giving that gift. A lot of people are really hurting, and I wanted you to tell people where they can find you. So if they want more of your videos. Yeah. Or- so on TikTok, I'm Tora. So T-O-R-A Playtime. I'm on, I just started YouTube. It's the same name all across. So you can find me on Twitter, Tora Playtime, and then YouTube as well. And I do have my Patreon. I can just post things that are less censored. So those are the communities I have right now. So yeah, they find me there. You also have your classes for sale. Oh, yeah. So all the classes are on t- like TikTok. In your biography. Yeah. You're just yeah. getting started. I, I can't started. wait to see what what happens. Yeah. Thank you so much, Angela. Yeah. I appreciate you spending all this time with me. I'm happy TikTok brought us together.